0: The difference between the almost right word and the right word is really a large matter. It's the difference between the lightning bug and the lightning. Mark Twain. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Esses. Quick shout out to our Patreon. We've got a bunch of episodes exclusive on there, extended versions of the ones we've seen. So if you like a topic, you want to hear more about it, support us on Patreon and you'll get access to those episodes along with free merch, Discord channel, where you can
1: participate in writing sprints with us. And ask us any extra questions that you may have. What about in my specific circumstance? And we will be more than happy
0: to answer. Let's get into the topic of today's episode, red flag words, words that you should really try to avoid. And these are different for every author.
1: We've mentioned some of these red flag words throughout our copious numbers of episodes. I remember specifically we mentioned a fair amount during our adverbs episode about which words to use, which words to avoid. But this series is about not only identifying issues in your stories, but how to solve them. So we wanted to take a closer look at this exact issue. I know for me, I am guilty of the word suddenly all the time. So many suddenlies. My red flag words
0: tend to be nodded and shrugged. I am actually afraid to see how many times I have typed nodded or shrugged in my recent finished book.
1: There are actually places online where you can dump your manuscript and it'll do a word cloud with different sizes of fonts depending on how frequently you use a word. And this is one way that people find out what their own red flag words are. I need to do this. That being said, there are some that are pretty common and we will list those in a moment. But first we wanted to give you an example of what could be a good scene That is ruined by red flag words. She slid the salad across the table next
0: to the spaghetti. It smelled awful. Suddenly he entered the room, clearly in a very bad mood. What did you do to the dinner? He accused angrily. It wasn't like he didn't know because it was his fault. Okay, that was painful to read. (laughs) Painful to
1: listen to and I wrote
0: it. So... Let's get into identifying the problems with this. The problem with the word it, or he, she, them, is that unless it's clearly defined early, it's difficult to track. So you have she slid the salad across the table next to the spaghetti. It smelled awful. Well, was it the salad or the spaghetti that smelled awful? I don't know. And then suddenly he entered
1: the room. Who's he? Where did he come from? I don't know. (laughs) Especially when quote unquote, he is being introduced in the scene, a name is helpful. Yes. Another red flag word that when you see, you should stop and identify, does this word belong here? That word is very. This is a great word for your first draft. If you're trying to get some concept out, you're trying to just throw it on the paper so you can keep moving. Great. Use word very to your heart's content. Your final draft should have very few of these. (laughs)
0: Ha <laughs> The problem with "very" in this example, he said he's a very bad mood. There are words that, in case what a bad mood is, you can say he stormed in, and that gives you an idea of what he's doing. Instead of entered the room clearly in a very bad mood, he stormed in, each footstep stomping against the hardwood floor, like that conveys that very bad mood in a much better way. So very is
1: very bad. (laughs) The primary time when this is okay to use is when the word after very was said within the last couple of sentences. Not only was she angry, she was very angry. Even that could be rephrased. But if you're artistically using redundancy to your favor, very can be helpful. There
0: are times where redundancy works, and there are times where it is
1: absolutely terrible, like redundant adverbs. In this example, he accused angrily. Is there any way to accuse somebody without being angry? Maybe you can accuse calmly, but not after storming into a room, clearly in a very bad mood. Angrily is... Superfluous in this case. All you're doing is slowing the story down. You're not adding to the story at all. So in this case, as someone who is very pro-adverb, and I will die on that hill, take out the adverb. This adverb is useless. Yes. So
0: if you also noticed in the example, we had Lee's red flag word, suddenly. Most of the time, you don't need suddenly.
1: Another red flag word that I see a fair amount and this goes back to the telling versus showing, is the word feel. If you are naming an emotion versus describing the emotion, it will always fall flat. You also want to look out
0: for double negatives. It wasn't like he didn't know. That's a double negative in that phrase. Double negatives make a sentence entirely too complex, and if you throw in double, triple, quadruple negatives, it just makes it confusing. Now, if you're doing it intentionally for parody or comedy,
1: that's different. In this case, you're not only slowing it down, but you're making the reader reread the sentence and therefore making your reader work harder to understand your story, which is never the goal.
0: You also want to look out for prepositions, especially when they are to describe emotions. She screamed in fear. Usually people are screaming for two reasons. They're afraid or they're in pain. It is okay to say she screamed in excitement because that's not normally the emotion that we associate with screaming, but we do associate fear and pain with screaming. And then, of course, telling
1: versus showing. This person was. I saw These are often superfluous in order to shove your main character into the moment instead of showing something from that character's point of view. Right now, I could say, Lee nodded. It doesn't need to be, I saw Lee nod because my world is from my point of view. I saw is implied. We'll be talking
0: a little bit more about this problem specifically in a couple of episodes when we cover the problem that all sentences start the same. Let's get into the solution for all of these problems. There is a place for some of these, but every single one of these needs to be used
1: intentionally and artistically. Spot it in your writing, pick it up, hold it in your hands, study it, go, does this belong here? If the answer is yes, they won't necessarily need a solution. But if they do, one of the easiest ways, at least for me, is to define it. Define what you actually mean. If you're a linguist, if you know more than just English, it might help you to mentally translate the phrase to whatever other language and then translate it back into English. That helps me think about what the phrase actually means instead of the words that I've put on the page. When it comes to
0: most of these problems, including the double negatives, very redundancy prepositions, it goes down to a matter of simplifying. Is there a better word? Is there a better way to phrase, he's very angry? Is there a better way to phrase, it wasn't like he didn't know? Is there a more simple way to convey that emotion?
1: And sometimes the easiest way, if you're stuck and you're like, I know this is something that's awful, I know it needs to be changed, And this is your moment to change it. You can't put it off to later. Just take it out. Because really, if it's not helping your story, why is it there? So one of the phrases in the example was, he accused angrily. The solution to this adverb, redundant adverb, is to just throw the adverb out the window.
0: Really throw the whole tag out the window and set up his emotion better in the sentence before. So let's get into the new example where we've simplified it. We've broken down the useless, redundant words and phrased things more appropriately.
1: The salad smelled like a high school gym. It was all she could do to push the atrocity away. The door slammed open, promptly followed by her husband's stomps through the living room. What did you do to the dinner? What did she do? He was the one who insisted on using wilted spinach. So we get a lot more context here. We know that the person
0: storming and stomping is her husband. We don't need to be told that he's accusing her because it's clear in the verbiage, in the emotion. We really didn't need to know about the spaghetti, just the fact that the salad was terrible. And now we know why. It was
1: wilted spinach. You may have noticed the word it did show up in the new example. It was all she could do to push the atrocity away. In this case, it wasn't really being used as an object.
0: That's where the problem comes in with it, is if it is being used as a replacement for an object.
1: Having these words will help you understand and preemptively strike at your own writing before someone else sees it and goes, oh, this kind of fell flat and a seen that it shouldn't have. You can very easily in your editing process, control F, feel, make sure they all make sense.
0: Use different resources to help you identify what your problems are. Ask your editor, what words do I use too often? We are blinded to our own red flag words. You can unblind yourself with some work, but it's hard to identify because that's just how we write. It's the natural flow. In your first draft, it's okay to write whatever you want. Use all the red flag words you want. They're gonna go away. But for now, that's just where they exist. And it's okay, because I did what we always tell you to do. And that's to... write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts, or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots@aspenhousepublishing.com, or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.